Hi, loves. Welcome back to Stripped. I'm so excited. Today, I'm on the line with one of my favorite people and like amazing major podcasters out there and super mom. And I can't say enough good things about her. Kate Casey of Rowdy Love Kate Casey. Welcome to my show. Are you wait? Are you pregnant right now? No. Why are you asking me that? Oh my God. I love this. this is happening on real life. I love it. I feel like I see an energy around you. Like, are you thinking about having another baby? We are. Yeah, I think you're going to pr- get pregnant soon. Wow, that is so are you sure crazy. You're, are you sure you're not pregnant right now? You know this is my superpower, right? No. No. Oh, my God. Wait. Okay, go, go. No, I did not know this. So I have a superpower. I know when someone's pregnant or about to get pregnant. Seriously? Yeah, like I have friends that I'll text them, are you pregnant? And it's like they just peed on a stick. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? This is crazy. Okay, so I have to share this then. So this whole, like, past like two weeks my period was late and I was like said to Justin I'm like well we've been like kind of trying not trying like whatever happens happens like what we want another one but we're not like rushing tomorrow but we've been kind of just having fun and so this past month like I was late in my period and I said to him I feel crazy I feel pregnant I took like four tests and they all said negative so I was like okay leaving it alone because I'm making myself crazy and then my period came a few days ago and now it's gone and I said to him like well that was a short period but it came and like I had cramps and the whole thing and like whatever. So I'm pretty sure like I'm not pregnant, but like the whole time to myself, I felt like in a weird way I was pregnant. And he was like, maybe you're just thinking about it too much. And I was like, I don't know. I just felt so weird. So now it's weird that you're saying this. Yeah, it's coming. It's huh. like, I, it's like I can, I sound like a nutbag right now, but no, I it's, just, fine. it's like, well, and we're like, obviously audio yeah. of a podcast, but you're seeing me like on video, like first to record and something you're seeing. Yeah, it's like this bouncing yellow kind of energy above your head. Whoa. I sound so crazy. But but I, I love so- this. Like, I love like this. My, I love this stuff. And I have my crystals my on. Like- <laughs> it's my superpower. It's crazy. It's so cool. And are you always right with everyone? Almost, yeah. Wow. Oh, so you, you may have heard it here first on strip. So, hey, I mean, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, you're a super mama, like, let's be real. And, like, you have an amazing podcast. You're doing so much. Like, I had to have you on because this podcast is all about, you know, mom life and keeping it real and keeping it real and raw. And I just know so many moms are going to, like, look you up and listen to you and be like, oh, my God, she has how many kids? And she does – what and she's killing it it's like it's so inspiring even moms you know new mom like me who's like wow look at all she does and she still gets it done she's still a kick-ass mom like kudos to you Kate thanks I don't feel like a super mom but I appreciate you saying that (laughs) well you are because seriously like you know just to give a little back history to my you know listeners and everything I was on your podcast when Mm -hmm. I after after stripped came out and I was on Bravo we talked about that whole craziness and you kind of gave me some advice and we're like, hey, welcome to like this whole new world. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of papooed it because I was like, I'll just go back to like, you know, normal, like nothing's going to change. And holy wow, my whole life has changed for the better, but yeah. majorly shook up. And now being 15 months out, I'm like, wow, I look at you and see everything you're doing. And I'm like, you inspire me. Like you motivate me. You make me feel like I can keep doing it all and I can keep going. It's not easy, but like it's totally possible. That's sweet. Um, I think that um, for women who have babies, there's just no way to prepare. There's just no way. You could listen to as many people as possible. You can read as many books, but it's just, it's such, it's a life shift. 
Um, but the good thing about it is for as difficult as it is, it's just as rewarding. Mm -hmm. The, the, the love that you get in return, super, super see ends up superseding the difficulty in making all the pieces work in your life. And it's so funny because you look back at your life before kids and you're like, like, what was it like to be bored on a Saturday? (laughs) What was I thinking? Or I complained about being tired. Like, what was I talking about? I know I was tired. Wait, no, now this is like really tired. Yeah. So it's so true. But I also also think if you're busy, if you want to get stuff done, you give them, you give it to people who have children. Because we, you just, you really learn to multitask, especially women, you learn to multitask and you, you really learn quickly how to, um, just get acclimated and to, to, um, compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. So everything in your life, you become more efficient because you have no choice but to be that way. Right. True. That's so true. I, yeah, that's a really good point because like, even for me, like right now, I mean, it's napping. So I'm like, okay, this is podcast time because otherwise I won't be able to. So it's like you do, you really schedule your life and you really figure out like what works so you can get things done and be able to do those things mm-hmm. when you're not on mom duty. I also feel like create creatively. I really became much more creative once I had a child. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that because same with me, like that's what this podcast was born out of so many new projects that I'm working on or coming from that. I'm like, wow, you're kind of like my muse. It's kind of nuts. Another funny thing is like you become more empathetic as a person once you have a child Mm -hmm. while at the same time you, you begin to develop boundaries. Yeah. You really, you become much better at setting boundaries and telling someone to basically like screw off. Yes. Much better at it. But at the same time, you're more empathetic. So there are all these weird things that come with it. But are you sleep deprived? Yeah. Uh, Do you feel maxed out a lot? Sure. But you connect with people in a different way. The Mm -hmm. connection that you have to people, definitely other people who have kids too, is so so beneficial. It's it's a great thing that comes out of becoming a mother. Like you can connect with people in a way. No, I agree with you. I, I have seen my relationships with so many moms, like just take a whole new level and just like just people in my life. And I feel like I'm more present now in all of my relationships. And like, I actually look people in the eye and like pay attention. And like, I catch myself like, wow, I'm really like paying attention now. And like you said, you draw more boundaries. You're like, nope, sorry, I'm not going to put up with that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's wild. It is weird, but it's good. Yeah. It is totally. No, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm loving being a mom. Like I, I it's funny. Cause like when I was pregnant, you know, obviously, and, and you know, I was texting to you for advice and you were awesome and everything. And you were like, Oh, you know, after I had a million, like have another one. And I was like, Oh, I want to be nuts. And now I'm like, okay, we're ready for another one. Like, oh, they're addictive. That's why do you think I have a problem? <laughs> I know. So how is it like, you know, you like, I mean, for those that don't know you tell a little bit of backstory about you and like, who, like who you are and how many kids you have and all that. Okay, I'm from the suburbs of Philadelphia. I went to college in D.C., thought that I would have a career in politics. Um, Oh, I went to a boarding school called the Milton Hershey School in Hershey, PA, which was started by Milton Hershey, the chocolate magnet, and his wife. It's for kids who come from the wrong side of the door of opportunity. So they're from single-parent families, the projects, et cetera. So I went there. Um, My mom had remarried, and he did not want us in the house. Horrible. So anyway, I went to that boarding school, which was great. It was a great life experience. 
Then I went to college in DC, thought I would work in politics, worked in politics for a little bit. And then I started doing media consulting for law firms. I did that for like 16 years, got married, had my first child while I, after, right after I had my first child, I just felt like there was something else. Like there was a bucket that I needed to fill. So I had my, my primary business, which was media consulting, my husband and my new daughter, and there was still something missing. So I started writing television recaps and they kind of, kind of took off and I made a name for myself. And then I started writing a lot about pregnancy and parenting, funny pieces. And so I got a bunch of opportunities that way. And then I pitched an idea to the Wondery Network, the podcast network about reconnecting with people who had been on reality shows and kind of figuring out how the life, how that experience changed their life. And from that kind of grew into a show that is, I'm very proud to say after two and a half years is one of the top rated on iTunes in the TV and film category. And I interview reality talent producers and directors of unscripted TV and film. So and it's one, week, <laughs> one week I might have like the host of Bill Kogan from amazing race. Then next week I might have the producers of American idol. And then Sonia Morgan from real Housewives in New Jersey. This week I have Juliet Angus who was on ladies of London years ago, but it's a great interview because she talks about what it's really like to film a show mm-hmm. and, and then building a career after the show ends, which I think a lot of people would be interested in. So anyway, if you like TV documentaries, that's kind of, what I love to do. Um, and in the meantime, I have five children. They're all under the age of 10. Two of them just turned 10 and six on Sunday. Oh, happy so birthday. One of them is a baby. She's almost a year old. So um, yeah, it's, it's always crazy, but I feel like I'm really in a good period of my life. I feel, um, I feel uh, creatively really challenged. I feel like a lot of opportunities are opening up. And, um, I don't know. I don't feel busy to be, to be, wow. I don't feel busy. No, I always feel like I can make, people will say to me like, Oh, I just didn't ask you to hang out. Cause I just thought you're too busy. I'm like, I can always make time for whatever I can figure it out. Yeah, you can. I mean, even with this podcast, I was like, Hey, I really want to have you on. You're like, cool. When? And I was like, are you free today? Like, yeah, I'll make it work. Like, I mean, you're so good yeah. about it. I mean, how do you do that? Um, I'm just really efficient. I'm a great multitasker. And some, I've come to realize that when there's chaos around me, I tend to go Zen. Mm. Like when other people get ra- uh, rattled, I tend to get calm. And I think my husband is the same way. And so we were really good off each other. When I'm rattled, he goes calm and vice versa. Mm. So I don't know. I think that that's a byproduct of having a lot of kids in your house too, is you, it forces you to kind of slow down. I do still think that I can, I'm present with my kids too. I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty hands-on mom. I mean, I'm dropping yeah. them off stuff. I have, to, I have to do a lot of homework with them and read with them. And I really try to uh, cultivate the relationships they have with each other too. Yeah. That's so sometimes people are like, wow, that's so hard to have five especially if somebody has one, but I always try to remind them. Yes. But at the same time, when you have one, I remember feeling like I am this child's sole entertainment. And that was, that was a lot of responsibility. So one of the nice things about having so many kids is that they play with each other. So I don't have to be on the ground, you know, reading and 
playing Barbies and all that stuff because I can delegate it to the other children. Yeah, <laughs> true. So right. I'm always like, when they're bored, I go, that's why I had you all to ah! play with each other. So figure it out. I yeah. love it. That's awesome. Do they play well together? Oh, they're best friends. Yeah. Um, the one thing I do worry about is that with five is that they do pair off. Like the first two are really best buddies and then the three and four are best buddies. So I do worry about the baby. Like, Who's she going to hang out with? Oh, I'm sure she'll just hang out with all of them. She'll just take over. Well, the oldest is, uh, she just turned 10. So there's a nine year difference, but they are really tight too. The, the oldest really loves to sit. She watched like um, something with her last night. She was reading to the baby. Oh. So they do. Do have you great moments together, but I do worry about the youngest. I'm gonna, you know, she's not gonna want to hang out with me when she's 15 and everyone's in the house. <laughs> they, and when they do want to hang out with me, I make jokes, but I'm serious. Like, why would you want to hang out with me? We have nothing in common. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not into the same things you are. That's why you have your friends and your siblings. Right. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. I love that. You're like, I mean, it's true though. So now that you, so she's almost a year, right? The youngest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I can't, I feel like you just had her. I know. It's so depressing. It's crazy. Well, it's like, I mean, like 15 months and I'm like, how? Like my mm-hmm. brain can't even like compute it. Like it's, it's, it's nuts. So like being that she is almost a year, how, like how, is, is it different for you? Like that she's like, you know, like, like a baby and the others are, you know, a little bit grown. Like, has it been different for you at this time around being Mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. I know that there's some people that, um, I have a friend who's going to be actually the real housewife of Orange County and she's seven kids. So she had three and then had four again, uh, four later. Mm. She said she parents them differently. Like the first three, she was really strict about, and then the other ones, you know, she's sort of loosey goosey. I guess like I did make a joke today about my daughter getting organic, the first one. And then fifth one, like it's not even her birthday. And I just gave her a chocolate cupcake. So, I mean, you do get <laughs> a little bit less rigid about it, but I think it's basically all the same philosophies. The things that I think that are really important in parenting remain the same. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously with one, it was harder to kind of show them the importance of, us as a team because there's only one but when it comes down to brass tacks I think that my husband and I what we have created that first and foremost is family is everything and that we're a unit so when one person gets in trouble everyone else is getting in trouble and that you have to stick up for each other because we're family and that it really doesn't matter if there's an asshole kid at school Mm -hmm. because when you come home at night those are your people Mm. so kind of like cultivating that and a, a love and a respect for each other and that no matter what happens in your life, your, your siblings and your family are your best friends. Um, the second thing that we really, I think, uh, focused a lot on is, especially myself, is that uh, teaching my kids to be curious people. Mm. So that you have this unit at home and we're this like, you know, team of seven. But that like when they go on play dates, I always say, come back to me and tell me two things that you learned about the parents, which gets them into the practice of asking questions because I hate people who don't ask other people questions. I just think you're jackass. (laughs) Like go out into the world and ask people about their lives and who they are and what they've experienced and what their favorite foods are. And another thing I've taught them is that one of the great connectors is food. If you meet somebody who's from Qatar or, you know, Australia, you can ask them like, what are the kinds of foods you eat at your home? And that's like a nice way to ease into conversations. So. That goes yeah, back to just the curiosity thing, find commonality with people, realize that we're all alike more than different. 
Um, even with my own show, I feel like I've interviewed so many different people and the people that you would think on paper that I would have nothing in common with, it surprises me how much I actually relate to. Oh, wow. So, um, I don't know. So that's all really important. And also reading, 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 which goes with curiosity, read everything that you can. Um, and then to be active, to, to not just be physically active every day, but also to be active in your community, to be an active person, to not just sit in the sidelines and watch things go by, be a part of it. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's really cool. No, and I love that you said like with the curiosity and like teaching them because I feel like a lot of people want like their kids to like just like kind of be quiet and just like don't be rude and don't ask questions. I love that you're the opposite. You're like, no, 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 ask questions, like be involved, like find things out. Like I think that's cool. Yeah. So Mr. Johnson, where are you from originally? Did you play baseball when you were a kid? And what do you do for a job? And what do you like to do when you're not working? And you know, what's the last trip you took? And, and, and what do you think about, um, I don't know, going to the pool? Yeah. Just to get into the practice of that, because that's going to help them in every aspect of their life as they get older. Yeah, no, I think that that's really, really cool. I mean, I mean, honestly, the way you talk about it, I'm like, wow, you're just like juggling five, like it's nothing. Um, I don't know. I guess so. I just, I, th I think it's gets, I think it's a lot easier than people think when you have a lot, the juggling also, I have to be quite honest. I'm sure it's going to get harder as they get older. Sure. You have a babysitter that helps me and that that's enormously helpful in terms of like carpools. I'm, I mean, I'm in carpools a lot mm -hmm. and just the logistics of a baby sleeping at home or I have to do an interview. And so I'm really, um, I'm the first to tell you that I I'm enormously lucky that I have that. And I made, mm -hmm. made sure to find somebody that we really believe is part of our family. That's cool. In fact, she and her husband never had kids. So I'm just really grateful because she really treats my children like they're an extension of her own family. So yeah, it takes time to find that right person. Um, but you know, for a lot of people they say, well, you I also live on an opposite coast. I have no family here. Right. So it's not like I have a mom that comes over and, and, and helps me. All right. the time. I don't. Right. Yeah, no, I feel for you. My parents and Justin's parents are both on the East Coast, Pennsylvania and New York and Florida. So it's like, we are just us. We are our own unit. We have a few friends who come and help who are awesome and, you know, watch Amelia, like when we need a little bit of help. And I have my cleaning lady who plays nanny, who's amazing with her. But like, I'm still finding people that I can trust and kind of be part of my family to watch her. So for the most part, I just take her with me because, or we take her with us when it's the two of us because we really don't have that much help. Yeah, it's really, that's, I think the hardest part is uh, figuring out what coverage. And yeah. also I read this Tina, I don't know who it was, it was Amy Poehler's book. It's called Yes. I can't remember what page it was. I used to remember, but I can't remember now, but I read a passage in it where she said that she used to beat herself up about having a babysitter until she realized that it's just another person to love your child. Oh, I love that. And that's actually a great way to look at it. Like, well, why wouldn't you want another person to just think your ch child is the greatest person that ever walked there? Right. Yeah. What is wrong with that? Well, doesn't everybody want to feel like they're surrounded by people that love and support them? Totally. No, I and love that. And, awesome. and, and it doesn't say like you're less of a mother, that you have help. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and I appreciate you like, saying that. Yeah. It's not like she's, you know, taking her to the pediatrician and then right. meeting with the teacher at the conferences and then, you know, texting her, your friend at, late at night, whose husband's a therapist and asking, right. like, 
what do I need to know in order to keep her off the pole? I mean, you right. know what I'm saying? Right. Totally, like, totally. It's not that dramatic. Yeah. Well, parenting is a 365 day, your 24 hour job. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's, that job is full time. You're not off the clock. Mm -hmm. So why would you sell, beat yourself off? If beat yourself off, hello. <laughs> why would you beat yourself up if you needed that? pay someone right. for five hours to help you so you could go and make a target run or God forbid, go and have a margarita with I was gonna say, go have a drink, get your nails done. Like your friend who nurtures you and makes you feel like you're still grounded. Yeah. Why would you beat yourself up? Stop. Right. I love that you said that because I have had to learn through my own mom guilt of like, oh, I don't want to leave her. Oh, I feel bad. Oh, what if she needs me? And I've had to say to myself, no, it's okay to go have that glass of wine. It's okay to get my lashes done. It's okay to just go do me. And like, then I feel like I come home and I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm a better me because I'm like, got to do my own thing. Okay. Also your kids get sick of you. <laughs> they need a break from you too. They go, on play dates. they go on play dates. You can go on play dates too. Like it's yeah. fine. And yeah. also your husband would like to be around somebody who actually takes care of themselves. Like so true. Your husband Amen. wants uh -huh. you to look, doesn't want you to look homeless. So yeah, yeah that's what, that's what happens. You're going to go get your hair done and your nails done and you're going right. to like go out on the town. Also, do you, does your husband want action? Maybe you should <laughs> go out and have margaritas with your girlfriend so you can come home and then want to get it done. <laughs> I love it. No, it's so true. And it's good advice because moms need to hear that. Like, cause every, we all get mom guilt. We all are like, Oh, am I present? Oh, am I doing the right thing? Oh, and you question everything. Yeah. Well, I try not to beat myself up, but also I, I feel like I am, I did not come from a great family unit. So I think I am different in this sense. And this is what I've come to realize is that I meet a lot of moms, but I live in Newport beach, California. And I feel like a lot of people here live a very privileged bubble life. Mm -hmm. I am absolutely not from that. I am self-made. I come from the wrong side of the door of opportunity. So everything that I have achieved is like icing on the cake. So I feel I'm upward. I'm going upward. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like a lot of people here, they'll tell me, you know, I'm getting a divorce or I lost a job or I'm not, I don't look as great as I did when I was 30 or I, um, I'm not the success in my career that I expected to be, or I only have, you know, 200 Instagram followers right. for them. That is so difficult for them to overcome because they started off high and everything they achieve, it's like they're going down the ladder. Right. So for me, I think that's been easier for me. And so sometimes I'll meet somebody who says, well, my parents are still married. I never expected to be divorced. I can't quite wrap my brain around it. I can't mm -hmm. move forward because I feel like such a failure. So that's kind of the shitty part. I guess if you, if you grow up in a bubble is that I think it's hard for those people to kind of, um, to find a way to deal with adversity. Yeah. So that is my message to people, young people who are like, I feel like I'm always starting at the bottom. Right. And my message to them is it's good to always feel that way because yeah. you have such, gra you, you have right? such gratitude for every little milestone. Like I, I constantly feel within work. Like even some people, somebody's like, Oh, I think that your show's great. I'm like, you do like, I, <laughs> because I can always think of myself as being at the bottom of the mountain. I like that though, because I think it's like why you are so grounded, but yet you're so cool. Like even the first time I met you, I was like, wow, like you're just so chill. Like you, like you, you know, like you just like you care, but you don't care. Like you're just who you are. And like, I think a lot of people have trouble being that way. 
Well, it, to be honest with you, I am very difficult on myself. Okay. I like, so the, so I never feel like I've achieved enough. There is a part of me. I think I would, I would, I would not be honest if I didn't say that. Like I'm very, very difficult on myself. And the hard part for me has been seeing that my son is like that. Mm. And I think your children sometimes serve as a mirror to you. Oh, definitely. Like I'm, I have friends that will say to me, Kate, you're so hard on yourself. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Right. Because my greatest fear has always been not living up to my achievement or what. what I totally what, get that. I mean, what, I'm an entrepreneur. What, what yeah. you're capable of. Right. But, but then it's difficult when you see your own child be the same way. It's like a mirror. It's like, you know, God, that is difficult because if you yeah. lived, if you sit in that a lot, it's hard for you to achieve or to appreciate sometimes. So I think that's, that's my life. That's what I'm walking through right now is like, I don't sometimes give myself uh, a moment to just say like, wow, I kicked ass at this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just don't ever, because I feel like I've got so much ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get that because I do the same thing, right? Like a client will get best dressed or, you know, I'll get this in the press and whatever. And I'll be like, Oh, that's great. Okay. What's next? Like, I'm always like, what's next? What's next? What's next? I don't ever like enjoy and savor like what just happened and what accomplishment just came. You know, when that also, what also that comes from is if you have ever worked in some sort of consulting or service-based industry, because mm-hmm. you're only as good as your last client. Uh-huh. You're only as good as your oh, last client. That's probably because I, so I style so many people. So that's probably why. So I torture myself. Like for me, it used to be representing global law firms and getting an attorney in CNBC. It's like, I can't sit in that joy because now that client has been on CNBC. They think they should be on the cover of wall street journal. So mm-hmm. I wasn't in a business where I was allowed the luxury of just basking in the, the achievement. Right. So it's like self torture. So for me right now, I feel like I'm only as good as my last uh, interview. So I get that. Wow, you had Sonia Morgan on, and then you had the guy from the real world. And while I thought the guy from the real world was incredibly insightful, and I cried during the interview, <laughs> other people are scrolling through the episodes, and maybe they're like, well, I'm too young to have known who John from Real World Los Angeles is, and I'm not right. going to take that. But I don't know. It's yeah, no, I mean, but it's but it's good to like say that because I think a lot of people like are afraid to even say, "Oh, I'm hard on myself," or you know, "I'm hard on myself as a mom," or "I'm hard on myself in my career." Like, but I'm the same too, and I've had to realize that. And like when I spin out of control, like how you were saying, how you get zen, I'm trying to now find that zen because right. I get like you know. Okay, the first thing you need to remind yourself though is because I think my therapist told me this after I had my first child, I went to a therapist. I thought that was so helpful. And I recommend that to everybody, mm. especially if you're a woman and you have a daughter. So helpful. Okay. But um, I think that the first thing you have to, I used to say, I just don't want to be like my parents. And she would say, the fact that you think about it so much shows that you care. So it's the same way when like, God, I wish I was better at my job or gosh, I was and like, am I enough as a mother? Am I enough in my job? The fact that you even think about that shows that you are, you are because you care enough about it. Mm-hmm. Trust me, there are lots of parents that are garbage who are like, yeah, I'm doing fine. I don't fucking care. <laughs> but the fact that you, if you sit in that and you and you ask yourself, did I spend enough time with my child? Did they feel, do they feel like they're loved and supported? Did I put them in the right school? All those questions that means you care. Right. You don't, listen, at the end of the day, your job as a parent is to be a child's health education and mental health advocate right that's your that is your job so if you sit in that in that anxiety in any way like 
have I been enough to them? That means you're good at your job, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like, if you really, you obviously care because you're trying, it's like, that was me. It was like, when I was struggling with breastfeeding, I was like, oh my God, I feel like such a failure. Like, why can't, why can't I nurse her? Why can't I nurse her? And then finally we got into a rhythm, but the whole time I felt like a failure because I was like, okay. And here's my other thing about breastfeeding. I had a whole stand up comedy act about it. Okay. No <laughs> one cares about breastfeeding except for you and your husband. Maybe, probably not. My husband didn't care at all. It's not like when you apply for a job, you write down, I was breastfed. (laughs) It doesn't happen. No one cares except for the mother. And you beat yourself up. My pediatrician is Indian. She has three kids that went to Ivy League schools. She goes, guess what? They were all given formula. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really make a big difference. It may be for a short term, you know. When they're like development. Yeah, I get you. They they can fight a cold better, but it doesn't really, it's not like we live in a third world country. That Mm -hmm. might be an issue, Mm -hmm. but you do it like you're fine. I mean, even if you get the kids Oreos, like I'm sure I was raised in a house where my, I was given Oreos, ramen noodles, and somebody was smoking in my face. Guess right. what? I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the thing. Like, we're all fine. Yes. The expectations we all have are for ourselves and others is to- are totally out of whack. Oh, they are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I realized that with myself. And like I told you before we started podcasting, like I went through pretty heavy postpartum depression. I realized part of that was the fact that I was constantly like, I failed at this. I failed at that. I didn't do this. I'm only a mom for, you know, this, this month. And I already feel like I'm failing. And I'm, you know, and it was like, I was constantly putting myself down and saying horrible things to myself. Why does my body look like this? Why didn't I bounce back? Why is my skin? Like the list just went on. And it was just like this. But but the look thing about like, why isn't my body and all that stuff. I, (laughs) my sister will say things to me like she's older you know, I just feel like I look great. I'm like, no one cares. (laughs) No one cares. And by the way, you know who gets the most sex in the entire world? Recently divorced women. (laughs) So I don't know. I just think like, if you, uh, no one has a perfect body after having a baby. You know what? No one really has a perfect body. You're not supposed to. You carried a child. And if you have a perfect body, what does that tell me? That you spend way too much time starving yourself and in the gym and less time enjoying the people around you enjoying your job enjoying life itself so yeah you could have zero percent body fat but you're probably the shitty person (laughs) true i mean it's true i love that you said that like that you didn't get to enjoy those people and enjoy like the moments it's true i finally had to snap out of it and be like I just carried a human. I had a crazy birth. I had an unexpected C-section. Like everything I didn't plan went and it was just. So the the person that you really care about that like, you know, is most attracted to you is your husband. And we both know that he is way more attracted to you after you gave birth to his child. Oh, he tells me all the time. He's like, I am the most attracted to you now because you carried my child. I watched you literally labor and be a warrior. And now you're raising her and you're an amazing mother. Like that's what makes me want to be with you more than anything. Yeah. And the only people that care about your body fat are if you're a single woman and you're like 28 and he's 75 years old with money, like no <laughs> one else. Cares. Like no, right. it doesn't yeah. No, true. And and moms need to hear it. It's it's true. And I think like because of like who you are and like your personality, like you kind of have that comic self about you. So do you feel like that kind of like helps you with just different things that you navigate because you can kind of totally. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, that's my coping mechanism is to make a joke, but it's like, it's, it's a really actually a great way to heal from things. It's just yeah. like, yeah, I've had 
like a, I had a garbage childhood, but I mean, I'm kind of glad because it makes me assimilate more easier. I can, like I can roll with the punches. I can mm-hmm. relate to people. I have a great, a coping mechanism. I have a high coping mechanisms. I have a high EQ mm-hmm. emotional quotient because of it. So yeah, whatever, with, with every shitty thing comes something great. And if you look at life that way, you're, you're fine. Yeah, no, I mean, it's good advice. I've been trying to do the same thing myself and say like, it is a blessing or a lesson. It's one or the other. And like, which one is it? What am I taking away from it? And it's okay. It's okay to cry in the shower. (laughs) Just make it it a five minute cry because anything more than five minutes is not worth your time. You, You cry it out. You wash your face off. You keep your chin up and you keep moving forward. You don't have time. You don't have the luxury of time to sit and, and sit in your fears and anxiety. Like you just got to keep moving. And yeah. you know what? When you're, when you have children, you need to model to them. I okay. will not let this get me down. Right. So your true. kids pay attention. Like, wow. When that happened, it really might knock my mom down and she it took her a while to get back up. You want to show them that you're human and you have feelings, but also, all right, what am I going to learn from this? How am right. I moving forward? Right. So true. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why, I mean, your kids are just, first off, they're adorable, but you can just tell they're strong little individuals. Like they're so like, you know, you can just tell their personalities and like what you share and everything. And that comes from you. So thank you. They're actually, I feel like they're very sweet, but that's my husband. Like he's just Uh. a really, he's a very nice person and cares about people in the world. And I'm much more like, tell it like it is (laughs) Philadelphia. So it's good. Yeah. New York. I get it. East coast. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. here for it. I get it. <laughs> um, being that like, you know, you are this like major entrepreneur and have, you know, these five kids, what advice would you maybe give to a new mom who has, you know, this growing business and they're about to have a baby and they're like thinking about wanting to have a whole family, like even someone like me, what would be your advice to them as far as how to like, still want to thrive in their career, but mm-hmm. they'll be able to be a present mom. Because like you said, like right. you are present. Okay. The first thing is you need to um, nourish the relationship with you have with your spouse, whomever that is, your partner, your spouse. Um, I have had a date every Saturday night, my entire marriage. Well, I, I should say really starting with my firstborn. Every single Saturday night we go out. And, you know, we might talk about our kids the entire time. We might talk about business the entire time. It doesn't matter. It's a special time that we spend without our children because our kids need to see that we still go out and we like to spend time together. They, we're at the top of the chain. And, that, and the decisions that our kids make about partners in their own life will heavily be influenced by the way that they saw their own parents. So that's the number one thing. Um, I think that it's also important to create a, a place in your home that you, um, that it's, it's safe. Like everyone here is equal and loved and supported and to, to, to really work hard at not creating competition between children. So if one kid goes to baseball, you have the other kids go to baseball, but then they have to go see, you know, a play and that each child knows that they're loved and supported by all the members of the family. If, when you factor in what you do for a living, it's hard to say because everybody comes from different economic circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it'd be very easy for me to say, you know, try to find something that you love to do and then it won't feel like work. But the, the honest God truth is like, not everybody has that luxury. There are a lot of people that have to be both working. 
and they're going to have to take jobs that they don't necessarily like. Totally. But you have to find a way, even if it's a job that you abhor, to find, find a way to like it. So let's say you have to work in sanitation and you're like, I hate sanitation. Find a way to make your job fun. Uh, be creative, uh, go to the, your job, your boss and say, um, I'd love to spearhead a new project, or I, I'd like to focus on making the work environment more, um, environmentally safe, or I'd like to be the person who's head of culture, you know, at this company and how people will want to stay here longer. Find a way, even if it's a job that you don't necessarily love, but find a way to be creative in it and to make it enjoyable for yourself. Um, and I also think that you have to let go of this idea that you can be great at all things. I make a joke. I'm really good at half-assing everything, <laughs> but there's going to be an ebb and flow to everything in your life. So sometimes you're going to be nailing it in motherhood. You're going to be able to go to every play. You're going to, the kids are all doing well at school, but those are going to be few and far between. It's going to be immediately after that, you're going to have a season where it feels like nothing's working and maybe things are going like that going well at work. And then maybe they're not going so great at home, but you just have to figure out a way to just sit in that, sit in that, um, sit in the frustrations and sit in the successes and to find joy in both. You have to find joy in the success and find join the failure because they're both very necessary to help you grow as a human and as a mother and as somebody in business. I love that. I think that's, I, I think that's, that's awesome. And I, I, I'm even like taking note for myself. I'm like ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. It's like, I, I always feel like work too. I, I always tell people like, like Monday, no Tuesday. Um, I got, I had a, I had Whitney port from the, the Hills. Mm-hmm. And she bailed on me like three hours before. Now, just to give you guys some kind of perspective, I have a featured guest every week. And then I have two other segments where I ask somebody to review a TV show. And my downloads really, a lot of it depends on who the featured interview is. So there's an enormous amount of pressure for me to have a big guest every week. So I kind of thought about my week already. I'm like, well, my kids, my oldest kids are finishing lifeguards. I can go watch them and then after we can leave lifeguards and we can walk down the shake shack and have a milkshake and speed this great thing well tuesday three hours before and whitney port cancels and i'm like well that goes my fucking week and so no that was monday night so that night going into tuesday i couldn't sleep i was having those anxiety dreams where it's mm-hmm. like who am i gonna get i had a dream i ran into Andy cohen at the street in the street and he was like i hate you like ah! so it was just like manifesting in these anxiety dreams so I could have sat in that and been like, great, my week's thrown. Like, I'm not going to put an episode out. I find personally when things like that happen to me, I'm like uh, two things. First is like, hmm, I don't think so. Right. I don't effing think so. Nope, not going to happen. So I emailed so many people. I worked every single connection I had. And by Tuesday, close of business, I had an interview to do on Wednesday, which I just finished. And now I have five interviews in the pipeline. Amazing. And so it's like, if I, like I got whiplashed and I was like, how am I going to handle this? It's how you handle it in those moments. It's like, that sets the tone. So it's like, and I actually think that the guest I got might've been an even better connection because it might lead to like producing projects or whatever. 
Um, so I feel like the universe, when they bitch slap you, there's a purpose for it. Yep. Completely so like, agree with you. Every time I have a guest canceled, I'm like, that sucks. It's like the universe slaps me. And then like, here I am two days later and I'm going to interview the producer of the bachelor. It's like, Oh, that's so always, cool. It always works out, but I also have to do the work. Mm-hmm. So I have to trust it's going to work out, but I also have to do the work. So I can't right. just rest on my laurels. I got to email everybody and work every angle. And I'm, you know, you got to just work really hard. And by the way, wait, I do my show myself. I don't have I like know some, you. I know. you know, millennial who's like, Hey Kate, this is what you should know. I'm doing it all myself. So no, I know. you're doing it all. Do the work, but trust the process. I sound like I'm a contestant on the bachelorette, but it's <laughs> do the work, hustle, 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 and trust that it will work out. Yeah. No, I, and I love that. And I like that you said about the, the bitch slap because it's true. I feel like the same way, like when I went through my C-section, I was like, there's a reason I'm being slapped right now by the universe. Nope. Sorry. You're not having your natural birth. This is not going to plan. Like this is for you to learn from. And it was for me to take a true pause and to like actually be present in my own life and be a present new mom and connect with my husband and things that I wasn't doing. Yeah. Before. Like, like in that moment, I would have said to you if I was in the delivery room, I'm mean, like, okay. I get why you're upset. So let's take three minutes and we're going to cry this out. Right. And then I would say at the end of the three minutes, okay, what are we going to get out of this? One, you're going to have to rely on Justin to help you and that you need this in your relationship. Two, this is your wake up call on how you need to delegate. Uh, three, this is your wake up call that, um, you know, not everything works out the way you expect it to. Welcome to motherhood. <laughs> guess what? That's motherhood. Right. And then the most important thing is now you're going to have a show and you're going to, every person you interview with, you have a new connection to. So maybe that person didn't experience postpartum, but they sure as hell know somebody who did. Mm-hmm. They may have never had a C-section, but they sure do know somebody that did. You are more connected to people now because of the experiences that you've had. So true. So it all pays off in the end. And it's what was supposed to be there for you. It may not have what you signed up for, but it's what you received and there was a reason for it. Yeah. No, I, I I appreciate you saying that because it took me a long time to get to that. And I think that's why I went through the postpartum depression is because I couldn't understand why I went through it and like why I felt the way I did. And then like what you just said just resonated so much. Note to self, have you in my second delivery? <laughs> I, I have like really loved being pregnant and labor and all of that. I know you're but so I'm good all, like that. But I'm also the same person that I had a fallen out with a friend. And I, I it sent me to a, uh, it, it made me go back to a therapist because it was like, God, well, like, why is this upsetting me so much? And how can I get control of this? So it's like, we all have our little hurdles. Other people mm-hmm. will go, you had a fallen out with a friend, you had to go to a therapist. Well, it's right. just like, that was my, that was my hill to climb. Yeah. Everybody right. has a different hill to climb. But the important thing is we're all climbing a goddamn hill and we all should like so true. give each other a walk and stick and help each other out. I love that. Yeah. And I, I also firmly believe that women, there's nobody better at connecting to other people and helping one another than women. I really believe it. I went to a women's college. I have a lot of daughters. I really believe it. And that we can do so much that I firmly believe that we all help each other out. I, I yeah. hope that people know that about me but I'm the first person to support and love somebody else's work or life or et cetera. And oh, then, you are. I mean, we're not in all competition with each other. I don't care right. if another mother at the school or you both work in the same office. There's something great about everybody. And the more you lift others up, the more you will be rewarded. So true. And I love that you said that because like, 
you have been like that, even just a fellow podcaster from the get-go. Like with my other podcast, Amanda Lauren, Think Julie's Good Blog About, you came on and supported us. You were like, right away came on my podcast, not even any questions asked. And you were like, yes, you have a new podcast? Sure, I'll come on. Like, you're so good about supporting other people. Thank you. I, I really think it's so important for all of us to do it. It is. And I, and I appreciate you for it. I think that's also why people love your show, honestly. I mean, obviously, it's amazing. The interviews are, like, incredible. And the way you interview and the types of information that you get, it's, like, a whole new level. But it's, like, I think people see that you are supportive and that you are, like, a real person. And, like, you know, you are relatable even though you are on, like, this, you know, certain plateau in the podcast world. And it's, like, so cool because you get, like, best of both worlds with Kate Casey. By the way, it's like you funny, like talk about beating yourself up. You're like, you're a plateau. It's like, what are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> do you know how hard it is for me to get guests? Like, what? Yeah, but people it it just show, But it just shows you how you can look at someone else and have this like idea. But like, I'm telling you, my day to day, I'm like stressing. I'm like, oh God, how can I get somebody from Jersey Shore to, to know who I am? That is what right. I live with every day. So, so. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and listen, I've heard Whitney cancel on several people, so don't feel bad. I had a friend of mine who she just canceled on. So, and they, oh, she, good. Yes. And she won't even respond to mine. I'm like, I want her to come on mine because mine's motherhood real and raw. And with wit is all about that. So like, I want her to, you know, come on and talk about it on mine, but you know, I can't get a response. So it's all, and I met her in person twice. So I, I, trust I me. do, I do feel like a lot of the people in TV, the thing is like you and I, we're like boots on the ground working our way up. And a lot of people that kind of land on TV at a certain age, they, they take for granted how difficult it is to do a lot of this work because they just jump into podcasting and they already have this audience an audience. Yeah. And that's why I'm such a believer in helping other podcasters out because it is so it's enormously hard to get people to listen to your show. Mm -hmm. And the greatest thing is by sharing our audiences, we're building, we're growing the market. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who haven't been on a TV show for three seasons on a big network, you know, it's really, it's four times the work. So sometimes I think that the people that just drop into it, you know, like I had a meeting with an agent in uh, LA and he said, yeah, great. Your show's fine. But like, this is your core competency. Other people have podcasts because it's an extension of something else they're doing. And it was like so defeating. And I just drove home like two and a half hours in traffic and just thought, what am I doing with my life? And then somebody called me and like, and then the bitch, you know, the bitch slap happened in the universe. Right. I was like, okay, all right, keep going, keep going, keep going. And that's right. like, I think that happens a lot, but, um, and this, obviously this part is probably more for people who are podcasters themselves, but I guess the lesson is like help each other out. Yeah. And it, it is also surprising when I feel like three people listen to my show and then I'll go somewhere and someone will say, Oh, I listen to your show. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Great. Cause I'm busting my ass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. I'm good for you. But thank you for being real about that because like you as a mother of five and someone who is doing everything and running your own show, like it's awesome that you're like, I am busting my ass. I am doing everything. I am hustling for guests. Like people need to hear that. Moms need to hear that. Like whatever, whatever they want to do and create, they need to know like you can do it. You have to bust your ass, but you can do it. Uh, also, I tell on my, I have a Patreon for um, yeah. my show. So it's like extra stuff great extra stuff. But I did an episode where I did behind the scenes of the show. And one of the stories I told is I drove to LA to interview a real housewife of Dallas mm. and I drive South 20 minutes to take my kids to school. Well, on the way, my daughter gets, starts throwing up. 
Oh no. So I, she, I have to open the door, the highway, she's throwing up. I have to close the door, drive the other kids in the carpool to school, go all the way back home, drop my child off, make an appointment with the doctor, but I have to go do the interview. So I'm leaving her at home, even though she's got like a stomach bug. I drove two hours in traffic. I'm 20 minutes away from yeah, the lovely California. Mm-hmm. And then they, the publicist emails me and says, Oh, you know, she's in a meeting, so she can't do the interview. <gasps> I pulled over to the side of the car, uh, the side of the road. And I cried. I bet for five minutes. I allowed um, myself, I allowed myself five minutes. I was like, I'm going to give myself five minutes to just be pissed off and angry. Yeah. And then I got back in the car. I drove back home and I was like, I need to be better at um, reading people and I should have known that this was going to happen. And so anyway, I told the publicist, you know, I'm on the lower end of the pole, right? Because I'm right. the person that wants to interview them. But I said, yeah. like, I just set my boundaries and say, I have to let you know, I have had a horrible day. My child is sick and I've taken my time to drive and this is not acceptable. And then, um, I ended up interviewing them and I think it was a really good interview, but I mean, I've never forgotten that. And I, it's, sure. it was like, I have to be really careful about who I interview because it's my time is worth something. Yeah, of course. But yeah. I mean, that stuff happens to me a lot. Well, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think again, to perception, right. And social media and everything else, you think some, you know, you, you think it's something else, you know, like, like other people like look at you and are like, Oh my gosh, she gets every guest she wants and does this and books that. And and by the way, that, that person that I interviewed probably gives two shits about me. Doesn't even really. Oh, actually now they think they have a podcast. So maybe they now understand it a little bit. Maybe, maybe the universe now that's, (laughs) but you know, I, I don't think she really knew who I was and I don't think she even really cares now. Right. A lot of the people that I interview, they don't really understand podcasts and they certain they don't really care about me. Right. right. And I know well, that. Like, I, people I, have, style. They don't care about yeah. me. I've made that mistake many times in the beginning where I was like, oh, this person's legitimately probably going to keep in touch with me and we're friends. And right. No, nope. same. Care. I know. Also, people are like, oh my God, we had a real connection. Like, they loved everything I dressed. I got them in Vogue, best dressed. They're going to be my friend. They're going to, please. <laughs> They don't care. No, they don't care. They don't. And that's why, like you, what you said in the beginning, family is everything. Mm-hmm. That's your unit. That's what you come home to. That's such good advice for anyone, mm-hmm. especially anyone that's listening that is in Hollywood and in the craziness or in this industry. It's like, it's easy to get sucked in. It's easy to get down and be like, oh my gosh, like this is all happening to me. But then when you, like you said, when you come home, it's all gone. This is who is important. This is what yeah. is your unit. And that's what matters. Yeah. And you have to set boundaries for yourself. You can't let people walk all over you. I, I that was a big lesson. I was like, well, I walk. I, so that's what I, my attitude is like, well, I walked right into that. All right. right well, that's not going to happen again. I right. don't think so. That's yeah. my, that's my Ted talk topic. I, I, love don't, it. I don't think so. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. No, yeah I don't well, think so. well, speaking of being efficient, I know, I know you have to roll. Is there anything else you'd want to leave my audience with? And then of course, go ahead and plug yourself. I want you to tell them about the Patreon and everything. Um, you can listen to my podcast everywhere where you listen to podcasts. It's called Reality Life with Kate Casey. Um, I have a Patreon page. Go to Patreon page and you can find it. I have a Facebook group. It's very active. It's amazing. We're talking about reality shows all day long. Reality Life with Kate Casey in the search button. Twitter is at Kate Casey. Instagram, you can kind of see my nutty life at Kate Casey. <laughs> and I'm working on a second podcast and that will probably come Ooh. out I think, in September. What's that podcast going to be about? Um, it's a, me interviewing very successful people, and I will tell you no more. 
Oh, I'm so excited. So more like people of all different industries and not just in television. So cool. All right. Well, thank you for being on my show. Thank you.